When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You're listening to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lou Need. And today, you know what? We're going to talk about environment and what it means to prime your environment for success. And we have one of the experts who has been doing this for a while, and she has so much knowledge around it that I'm excited to bring her on. Her name is Crystal Holm. Crystal is a feng shui designer and clutter expert who helps soul-driven leaders declutter and design a workspace that empowers them to create the life and business that they truly want because our environment affects us and our mentality or our ability to to think. And so I'm really excited. She does have a proprietary framework that she's going to talk to us about the design life method, mind, body, soul, home, and she's and how she's used it to help our clients all over the world make this shift in declutter. And we're going to talk about declutter, maybe physically, mentally, we're going to get all into it. So <laughs> stay tuned. With no further ado, Crystal, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here this morning. Yes, yes, I am thrilled. And I'm sure um, everyone is excited to have you on board as well, because we want to talk about environment and habits are very similar in that way. We talk about the triggers that are in our environment, that are in our living room, that kind of fosters us to let's say watch TV. That's why there's a TV and then there's a couch facing it. That's a, that's an <laughs> environmental cue. That's what you do in the living room area. So we're going to dive into habit and environment and how to declutter. But before we do, tell us a bit about your journey here so far. Sure. What would you like to know? <laughs> let's, um, how did this become? I'm always curious, right? Because a big part of the show is finding your purpose, right? Finding what Ooh. drives you to the work that you're doing because a lot of us struggle with that uh, without guidance. So tell me how you came about to doing what you do today. Okay. Um, it's kind of funny, really. I sort of feel like I started this in childhood, really, right? I had a few different passions. Had, yeah. I love decorating. I had a Barbie dream house when I was little. I played with the furniture all the time. Yeah. I rarely played with Barbie as much as I played with Barbie's furniture and her house. And, you know, I would rearrange my own bedroom. And then in high school, I was the girlfriend that, People would call all the time to um, to help them rearrange their room or, yeah. you know, like my friends would call um, as I got to be an adult. It was the same. And, and when I got a little older and I was deciding like to what to go to school mm-hmm. for, <laughs> it came down to, you know, what was I going to do? And uh, I went to school to become an interior designer. Nice. Makes sense. Right. But energy and the flow of energy and sort of manifestation had always been a side passion of mine since I was a little girl, right? I studied all of that sort of thing as just a passion of my own to keep going. And so when I was in school to become an interior designer in my psychology class, I had to actually 
write a paper that was related mm-hmm. to my field of study and psychology. And so I was, <laughs> I wrote my paper on feng shui mm-hmm. and feng shui had had been around in China for thousands of years, but it had only been popular in the United States for, you know, five or six years at that time. And so I I heard about it and I kind of knew that it had to relate to the home, but I didn't really know all that much about it. And so I went in to write this psychology paper on on how our spaces affect us on an energetic level. And and I was really hooked, right? I I really I started diving into feng shui and and really wanting to learn more. Like I I didn't really feel like I knew enough after that one paper. And so I started studying it more on my own and I started you know, applying it in my house and kind of trying to figure it out. And I finished school and I started into my career and you fast forward a few years and I had moved overseas and I was working in a high-end residential design firm and we had a lot of international clients. Yeah. And we had a, a, a family in China that our design firm had submitted the design to, and they had actually sent it back to us saying that they couldn't accept it because the feng shui was all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> And so my boss pulled the entire design team together and was like, who can help? Like, we need to fix this. What do we do? And I was the only person to volunteer to fix it. Like, I was the only one that said I knew anything about feng shui. And to be honest, I totally didn't know if I knew anything about feng shui yet. I just was like, I don't know if I know more than these clients. Like, they grew up. I don't know how much they knew growing up with feng shui being commonplace around everyone. Like it was pretty new to me. Yeah. And and I didn't necessarily still know that I knew what I was doing, but I really fell in love with that process of, of creating a space that is not only aesthetically reflecting like the people that are in it, but energetically it's in alignment with them and with, with their purpose. Like what are they, what are they trying to manifest in, in the world? And so I really, really fell in love with feng shui, not just interior design. I was like, Ooh, this is like the missing piece of my puzzle. Like that was it. And so I went back to school to, um, to study feng shui and I started taking on clients right at that sort of like on the side, I was, I was also on my healing sort of journey on the side of that, right. With, from my own childhood traumas, right. And trying to sort of overcome a lot of the, the stuff that was keeping me from the life that I really, really wanted. And I was in a mentorship group with a whole bunch of other women. And I started like working with them and trying to help them use feng shui intentionally to create love in their life. Mm -hmm. And so, and then I got hurt on my job and I couldn't work anymore. I couldn't walk. Um, I really couldn't do much of anything. And so I started down this long (laughs) path of trying to heal and you find that using feng shui was part of the healing process for you for me it was for me it definitely was it was a workman's comp injury so of course i had a big battle with the insurance company with you know them trying to prove that i was lying and faking my injury and me trying to prove that i was telling the truth (laughs) so with with feng shui um i know Mm. it means wind water Right, because a lot of people, when they hear that, they don't understand the the marriage between feng shui and in when I'm hearing you speak, it's it's totally in alignment because it, it's actually you harmonizing the environment with someone's energy and aura. So tell us a little bit more about what feng shui is. I know you went to school for this, so you're the you know so much about it. What what is feng shui to the to the normal person? Um, it really is the study of the flow of energy in your space. 
the literal translation, like you mentioned, is wind water. Energy travels on the wind. It's in everything. Everything is made up of energy, but it flows like water through your space. Mm. And so like water, it can flow smooth. It can stagnate. It can flow too quickly. And you really want to create a harmonious flow of energy in your space so that it is in alignment with really your vision for your life because your home is is an extension of your personal energetic field. Right. And your home has its own energetic frequency that there is a marriage there between. And so like your energetic frequency rather taints the energy in the space, but also the way you live in your space, like all the things that you own and where you put them and how you interact with them and, and all of those things impact the flow of energy in your space. And they are a reflection of everything that's that you are with everything you think, everything you believe and everything that you have been taught about what is possible for you. And all of that will be reflected in your space, just as is a reflection of you and your personality and the way you decorate it and the way you live. And so feng shui is just the study of that and the alignment of that. Yeah, I like that um, quite a bit because as a habit, you know, psychologist and somebody who's in that space, we pay a lot of attention to how we prime our environment for success. How we like, say if you want to do a workout the next day, part of priming your environment is getting your bags ready so that you have your clothes ready so you can go work out in the morning. But what you're saying now is, is on a different level of like the aura, the colors, the painting, the furniture. Like all that plays into the uh, the space and it and allowing you to be more productive. So enlightening us a little bit on how our environment can actually help us be more productive or the opposite. Well, your space is, is a reflection of you. So when you start to feel like stuck, right, mm-hmm. it, it will reflect in your space, this certain stuckness. As long as you know what you're looking for, you use your space as a tool because it's just a mirror. Yeah. And so when the way I use space and the way I use it with my and teach my clients to use it is, is really to, to use it as that mirror, to declutter the stuckness, right? To learn to listen to your clutter and what it is telling you about why you are not having the results that you want to have in your life. Yeah. Because it, it tells a story. And that's how I use my space is to be able to not just mirror what is, but to mirror what I want to be, right? Right. Like a sort of like a 3D vision board, like what you talk about using it, but it's being very intentional about everything, not just like putting your bag out so that you're prepared in the morning. It's literally being intentional about where do you sit and where does the energy flow and actually doing the calculations to look at what is how do you match with your house? Like, like doing the, the math and the science behind it to make sure it's, it's on point as yeah. opposed to just a feeling. Because oftentimes if we try to do it on a feeling, it's because it's, it feels in alignment with what's keeping us stuck or what's, yeah. the, what's wrong with us. If, if I could put it that way, like, not that there's things wrong with us, but you know what I mean. <laughs> energy. Energy's pinched, right? If it, if it's as if there's a pinch and it's not flowing. The energy needs to be free. It needs to be fluid, right? Wind and water. 
They're both yes. fluid things. And yes. so you can't really stop them in their tracks. And so I think that's special what you're referring to. It has to be able to flow. Now, mm-hmm. that I imagine crystal changes when you live with other people, when you have kids, when you're married. Because I'm, I'm recently married about a year and a half into my marriage. And that was one of the biggest struggle was having mm-hmm. to cohabitate and share the space because the energy now is different. It's not just my energy. It's not just my aura. Now there's two of us in right. this space. And that energy is married is married as well. Not just your physical bodies are married, but your energetic space is now married. And your stuff is, <laughs> is also, there's a marriage there. And sometimes there's, a, there's conflict with that, right? There's, and it will, it will come up and it will, there has to be a marriage of creating an environment that reflects both of you. And that, that is a, like a sanctuary space that is both of your escape from the world, right? There's, it's not, like you say, it's not just your space anymore. So it does become hard when you have multiple people. And then when you have children, then you have their energy in there too. And so it does become harder to tell this, to like, to tell the story when you have multiple people, like you each, you have to like, distinguish which line is yours and, mm-hmm. and, and the interconnectedness of your relationship with those people, because their stuff has an impact on your energy right. and your productivity and what you can do and can't do. And so there has to be that flow that happens between you as people, as well as between the relationship in the space. I agree a hundred percent. And I find it with the successful entrepreneurs that come on here, like they'll have a room that is theirs, you know, that they'll do their meditation and they'll, they'll kind of do their mantra. They'll do like it's their space. And like everybody else around the house knows it's their space. When mommy and daddy's in here, do not come in here or do not bother them. And I think that's that boundary is, is healthy. It's healthy to have those boundaries, especially with the family and as you grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I strongly encourage that. My clients are mostly entrepreneurs that work at home, that have a home office. So you really have to have some boundaries there, especially when you have other people living in the space. It's not like you're gone at work where they can't come knock on your door or walk in the room or you really do have to have some boundaries there because of, you know, that and having that space. I strongly encourage people to have that type of a self-care space right in your office. Mm. It's part of my method. We, we create those spaces together so that you have those self-care methods that can get you unstuck in the moment during the day when you're working yeah. so that you would, you have it in your routine as part of, you know, CEO life. Like that's part of the success rituals. Like it's, it's part of the ritual of being successful is having those rituals and having them in your life. It, it's literally one of the things that I learned from, in fact, that same company that I worked for where I got my first client and the whole, that same high end residential firm, almost all of our clients were entrepreneurs and they were all in a very high category, like household name type of, you know what I mean? They had buku bucks. <laughs> they were not even small business owners. They're millionaires and billionaires that they would have their self-care practice right there in their office. They would ask for it to be designed into their space. I like that. And so yeah. that's part of what I do with my clients is, is we help, we design that self-care practice and that space for it right into their, into their life. Super interesting. So let's talk about clutter because Ooh. that can, that can get in the way 
of the feng shui. If there's mental clutter, if there's physical clutter, if there's filth, let's talk about the different types of clutter. Sure. There's so many different types and it just depends on how we categorize them. I usually start by categorizing them with physical, mental, and emotional clutter. They're mm-hmm. all intertwined. They all have a relationship with one another and you can declutter them all at the same time. I, I have a specific method that I use to do that. <laughs> like it's, a, it's a thing. I also talk a lot about the different types of clutter as far as it's like your, your mental and emotional clutter, your scarcity clutter, your worthiness clutter, mm-hmm. your obligation clutter. It just depends on how we break that down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, the three, the emotional, physical, what was the third one? Mental. Mental, mental clutter. So they oh. do really exist. <laughs> they really, really do. Yes, there's also digital clutter and financial clutter. And there's so many types of clutter. But I really break them down into the three main, like physical, mental, emotional clutter. And then we dig deeper into really breaking them down into what they are. So we can go deep in the rabbit hole. And really start to use your clutter as a tool to be able to to get past those stories. I bet it's easier to do the physical clutter to deal with that first, right? Because it's it's tangible. You can see it. You can like try to tidy up, put things where they belong. I like to say when you when you use something, prepare it for the next event. Prepare it for the next activity, right? So mm-hmm. when you when you eat, complete that process by doing the dishes so that it's ready for the next meal. And so that doesn't kind of stack up because clutter affects not just your environment, but your mental capacity, your ability to think clearly. Yes. Yes. Clutter is your mental capacity. And that's why it has, because it's literally a direct reflection of what you believe and what you think and everything. That's crazy. Because not everybody, not everything is clutter, but clutter is more than just trash. Yeah. So not everybody really understands like what it is. Like anything can be clutter. Everything can be clutter. It just depends on where it is. If you don't use it, need it, or love it, it's clutter, period. <laughs> like that. <laughs> it, that's, it's that simple. It's literally that simple. If you do not use it, need it, or love it, it's clutter, period. I could just go if I don't love it, clutter. <laughs> there are things though that you knew that you need and that you use that you don't necessarily love them. You know, like just, you know, I, I need my laptop, but I don't love my laptop. You know what I mean? I need it. I use it. Do I yeah. love it? it? It's, I love my business. So yes, I love my laptop because it helps me facilitate. You know what I mean? Like, but there's, yeah. there's lots of levels to, to looking at, at that. And if it's not something that you love, yeah, it's pretty much clutter and it should go. Psychologically, that can be hard. And uh, I've known mm-hmm. some people that had, there were hoarders. So we're talking about yes. physical clutter. And it was yes. because of, there's a sense of attachment there. We're, atta- yes. we're attached to things, yes. um, especially if we can't have that belongingness or connectedness with each other or in our lives, then we attach to physical things, materialistic things. Now, the psychological piece of it, tell us how to break away from that. Well, I literally have a five-step method that oh, I good. take my clients to, that I teach them. And it is a process, right? You have to go through all five steps to break that connection. And it, it's literally a whole step-by-step. You have to discover the clutter, right? You have to mm-hmm. diagnose the clutter. You have to disconnect and dissolve that relationship before you can donate the clutter. A lot wow. of people want to skip straight from discover to donate, and they don't want to go through those those middle three steps of the process. But that's the part where you really do break that connection. And to be able to 
not repeat the cycle. A lot of my clients that come to me, that is the word that they use to describe themselves is I feel like a hoarder. Mm. Most of them have a house full of stuff and or a storage unit full of stuff. In addition, a lot of them have had like a parent that has passed away and they inherited everything, right? And now they have that, you know, so there's a lot of process that really goes through it. And that's, that's why we dive so deeply into it in like in our work together, because it's deep psychology stuff, right? It's literally like my paper that I wrote for psychology of feng shui. All of that has to do with clutter. Everything about it has to do with, with the psychology of yourself. Yeah. It's all correlated. It's all linked. And so you go in and do the five steps and that's your framework. And you allow the client to, to work through that, to yes. dissolve it, diagnose it, dissolve it, and then be able to rebuild, I imagine, right? We create an environment that is fitting and suiting for the new person that they are because they've shed a lot of their yes. weight, literally and mentally. Yes. I literally call it design for who you are becoming. Yes. So I love that you put it that way because that's, that's really what I call it. We're decluttering the old so that we can become what's new. And so the decluttering part is just the first part of my whole design life method, right? I call that part the declutter your mindset piece Mm -hmm. um, because it is all about those. And then there's the rest of that process, that creating of who you are becoming, that the creating of the rituals, right? And so that you have space to become that person, right? We have to make room for her. Yeah. What are some of the rituals? What are some of the habits? Because we're going to get into your personal one, but what are some of the habits that people have to put in place to become this new being? They are unique to each one of them. Every one of them is unique, but the one that stands along everyone is the decluttering. The decluttering is a self-care practice. Mm-hmm. And in the way I teach it and the way that I we implement it, that is the first part of the process because the second part of their self-care process, like once the physical clutter is gone, quote unquote gone, we always have clutter because we are always evolving. So things that are not clutter today can become clutter tomorrow, just the same way you can become somebody new tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so it's always a part of it, but that physical and emotional part of the releasing part, uh, that is unique to each and every one of them. Some of them chant or meditate or do yoga or walk or sew or it doesn't matter. It's whatever is unique to them and what they need. And they create it for themselves. Super cool. Yeah. We, it's just, I take them through the second part of my framework, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. I have a whole another, and I call that piece design your evolution. And there's four steps to that. And so I take them through that process of designing their practice to evolve and what works for them because Every one of them is different. They're on a different part of their healing journey. Their injuries are different. Their traumas are different, right? Mm-hmm. My physical trauma is very different from that of my clients. Just right. like my mental and emotional trauma is different. So each of us has a unique method, which is what makes it so wonderful that the framework works no matter what it ends up being at the end. Mm-hmm. It just is your own totally personal ritual that is yeah. just for you. Super cool. And I, I imagine how long does it take per se for someone to go through the, say the two frameworks, the two processes to get through true healing and start having the environment that they are thriving in. That too is unique to each person. I generally 
on average, work with clients for about three months Mm -hmm. and they will go through it faster or slower, like getting through the process. Some, it just depends on their lifestyle, right? Like I have a client that I've been working with now since I think July, but she travels a lot for, and so she's not home very, you know, she'll be gone for months at a time and then Mm -hmm. she'll be home for three weeks and then she'll be gone for four months. You know what I mean? So it works different for her, you know? Yeah. And so each client is different, but on average, I would say about three months is what we work together. And then at the end of that time frame, they feel very confident in continuing to declutter on their own Nice, because the decluttering part is a lifelong thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's, you'll have the, certainly the initial hoarding part over with in that, but the skills like I say, are lifelong because you're always evolving. And so your clutter is always going to be evolving too. You're going to buy new stuff and grow things. And so, but knowing and and being able to use the tools that really in that three month window, they can really master that so that it becomes, and I have clients that literally I talked to mm, probably within the last six months that I worked with 10 years ago, and they still use this method. And they're still just like, I still use it. It's still I, every single time. This is what I do. And that's just, cool. Cause then you equip them to, you don't just teach a man how to fish. You're, you don't just give them a fish. You're showing them how to fish so that they're equipped to be able to do it on their own long term. Yeah. I don't want a bunch of codependent clients. The last <laughs> thing I want is lifelong clients. I do not want people to need me for life. I want them to be a part of my goal and part of my mission because it's part of theirs is is autonomy, right? My yeah. highest value is autonomy. Most of my clients have a high value of autonomy as well, right? So mm-hmm. why in the world do I want lifelong clients? Like that does not align with autonomy. Right. So, you know, I want to be able to teach them to be able to have that own independence. Most of them are looking for some form of autonomy and independence and to be able to be self-reliant to heal on their own. Yeah. There is a time and a place for therapy. I believe that. And I also believe that everyone will have their own path. And, and so for some, like traditional forms of therapy aren't, aren't what's going to work for them. So for mm-hmm. them to be able to have a, a method that they can do at home in the moment when they need it and to just heal what's going on for them is priceless. Yeah, I agree. Well put. So tell us about your morning routine. You, um, how do you get up, dress up and show up? <laughs> I do yoga every morning. First thing I've done yoga first thing every morning for five years. I, other than immediately after I had surgery, I have not missed a single day. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it is the reason I'm no longer in a wheelchair. It's the reason mm-hmm. that I function. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the first thing I do every day. I roll out of bed. Usually before I want to, <laughs> just to do yoga. Um, I still wake up in a lot of pain from the injury. And so I do yoga first thing every morning and I stretch it out, cry it out, scream it out, <laughs> whatever it is. I work out all the kinks and then I get to sort of feel human again and be able to go on about my life. And then I have other, like I will go walking and spend time with myself in my mm-hmm. own sort of meditative council of advisors sort of thing. If you've read Think and Grow Rich, you're familiar yeah. with the thing, right? The mm-hmm. council of advisors. I sort of have a practice that, that I do that. And for me, it helps me to walk around outside and do that. That's one of mine. I also have just 
fun time. I literally spend time 30 minutes in the morning playing a video game on my phone. It allows me to be playful and I don't have enough of that in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actively try to find ways that are just play or I have a tendency to get very serious. I'm very intense. I'm a very intense (laughs) individual in case you've never noticed and I can get very serious. So I intentionally create play in my, in my morning and my like evening routine. That's a new one. That's a new one. I ever heard that creating playtime. So that, cause a lot of entrepreneurs are intense. We're like type A personalities, right? Control freaks, perfectionists. We need it this way, our way. And so we don't know how to lighten up the load. I watch cartoons. That's how I do that. <laughs> I, I do that too. I figured that out not that long ago. I love kids movies. Like yep. I will watch like on Sunday when my boyfriend is watching football or hockey or whatever, I will go in the other room and I will watch cartoon movies. I'll watch, you know, whatever it happens to be. Last week, it was Transylvania, Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what it was. Like, what? It was a whole, all of them, like a whole, I'm just like, oh, this is awesome. Or you're like <laughs> Harry Potter. I'll just do the marathon. Like, doesn't matter every weekend. You can find that on some channel, you yeah. know. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that with kids movies too, but I am very intentional. I sit down and I snuggle with the cat for about 30 minutes and I play a video game on my phone. How important is that? Um, because it is different, but I see why it's necessary, right? How important is it to have that time where we can deescalate or check out for a little bit before we get back to the serious stuff, which is running our business, living our purpose, living where it's a, it's an honor, right? To be in this space, to be yes. able to do what we love, but we still have to balance that other aspect of life. Yes. Yes. It has become more important over time, right? It's funny. I used to have two cats and I would sit and I would play my video and it was just sort of a thing. Like I would, it was almost like an obligation. Like, Oh, you know, I have to do my thing every day. So I get my little points, you know? So, but then, and I would, they they would almost fight over who got to sit on my lap, right? It was, Mm -hmm. who got there first. And it was sort of a ritual thing. And the one kitty that would always sit with me, she died about a year and a half ago. And the other kitty has now made it a very big ritual that she comes and sits with me when I play my video game. And so it has become a very important part of my day to connect and to just have time for me and her and before my day. Yeah, it's important because you're showing up for everyone. So you have to show up for yourself first because if you are not healthy or if you're not wholesome, how can you? Right, right. And I didn't realize how important it was to me until that happened. And then I got very intentional about Nope, this is what we're doing. Like, I'm going to come sit and be like, come on, like, come sit with me. This is our snuggle time. And she gets upset now if I don't, like, if I don't sit down and snuggle right after yoga and I'm walking around doing something else for a moment, like, she'll do the kitty thing where she's like, yeah, grabs me as I'm walking by. It's like, it's snuggle time and it matters. So, you know, it has become a very, very important part of my day. And so then when I like skip over it, you know, like when I'm stuff is happening, right? Like, I'm, do it like this morning, right? I had this scheduled first thing this morning. So I skipped my video time because I had to go get camera ready to be able to show up to be here with you. And so we didn't have snuggle time this morning. And so I will intentionally do that at lunchtime. We'll we'll make that time to do because it matters. Um, Your cat's holding you accountable. (laughs) Yes, she is. (laughs) 
Thankfully, yeah. <laughs> it knows the, it's almost like one of those advisory you were talking about, right? Those guidance, those divine guidance. That's kind of like, this is what we need. You may be busy. You may, life may get away with it, with it, with it, with you, but stay grounded. That's the thing with animals. They help us stay grounded, grounded. They bring us back yes. to our center. Yes. And I was watching an interview not long ago with a man who's, and he was actually talking about his mother had, had recently passed and, and how he was, he was obviously struggling with it. And, and he started to cry on in his interview and he said, you know, it's okay. Cause this is just all the unexpressed love that I still have. And I, and not that I didn't express it at the time, right. I obviously, and that's what he was saying. Like I told my mother all the time that I love her, but I still have unexpressed love for her. And that interview made a huge difference for me. Like it was like, I used to get irritated when it's, when it was like, Oh, I got a business to run. I don't want to smell like, get off my books. I don't, I don't want to play with you right now. Like, and I would get irritated because I'm like, this is more important. So when she passed away, that was, that was a big moment for me of like, I need to add this new thing because they're the same age. My other one's going to go too. And I want all of those moments in the future. Yeah. And precious because they, they're healing and therapeutic. They're very, very healing, very therapeutic. And so your morning routine is healing in itself. Like literally for you, you're using yoga to get your body back in motion, get the fluid back up. And then you have that session getting play back in where you're mentally like soaking all the good and the gratitude and the Mm -hmm. the serotonin that are flowing to help you show up for the day, to help to prime you for the day. That's that's almost like a metaphor Mm -hmm. of priming your environment. You are your vessel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Priming this body. Yep. And then I do the normal things, right? I shower, I I don't usually cry. <laughs> I, do. um, I usually have a good cry session a couple times a week anyway. It, it lets me get things out of my body. Thank you for sharing it with us this morning. <laughs> I didn't get it out of me this morning. So here it is showing up on camp. See, this is what happens and why it's important for my morning routine. Because I do. I cry even during yoga a lot of mornings, right? When I'm stretching, I get things that physical, I, I understand literally at a, very, very basic level that we live a hundred percent of our lives in our bodies, right? And in our minds, every experience I've ever had is still in my body. And so there's a lot of mornings that as I'm stretching, it's not just aches and pains that I'm stretching out. It's it's emotional stuff too, that tears come and I don't know what they are. And, you know, it's just, it's just a release release that needed to happen. Yeah. Feng shui, Um, right? It's feng shui. It has to flow. It has to be, it has to ebb and flow. It has to get out. It has to be excreted out. And so um, I I heard somewhere that any water is healing, therapeutic, whether it's tears, laughter from tears, all that. It's like sweat. All that is healing um, the body. So really, really Mm -hmm. excited that you shared that. Man, so much. Learn so much about feng shui and being able to design your space, but also priming your mental psyche for the mm-hmm. day and allowing the energies kind of flow through you. And also knowing the that your environment is your sanctuary. Start treating it like it. It's yes. a sign of self-care. You know, you love yourself enough to do this. I'm good enough to have this. Right. That's what I tell people all the time. It's a reflection of your relationship with yourself. Yeah. To your home with love. Treat your home like it's your best friend. Right. It's a very sneaky way to do self-care because a lot of us were not raised to do self-love. In fact, we were raised to do the opposite. Like we were not taught to love ourselves. We were really taught to hate ourselves. So this learning to self-love, treating your home with love is the easiest way to start doing that. 
because it makes it easier, right? You're not doing it for yourself as much as for your space, Mm -hmm. but it allows you to sort of sneak it in there and get good at doing it. And then you'll be good at doing it more deliberately for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. My thing is cleaning on a regular basis so you don't have to worry about a deep cleaning. And my husband's mm-hmm. like, why don't you just wait till we have friends coming over to clean or do a deep cleaning a, a once a month type of thing. I was like, because I don't do it for friends. I do it for me. I like beautiful mm-hmm. things. I like nice things. I like clean things. And, I, and then, as you said it, it's for self-love. I realized that's how much I care about myself. I do it for my eyes, right? I do it for me to see it. It's for me right. to enjoy. Right. Me too. And sometimes that takes a reminder, right? Like my boyfriend will leave his dirty dishes or his mess. And then I'm cleaning it up. And sometimes I feel like, why am I cleaning up after you? And then I feel like, wait a minute, I'm not cleaning up after you. Like I'm cleaning up because I don't like the mess. Like I'm with you. I totally hear you on that one. I I do it for me because it's self-care and it's self-love. It's what I need in my space. Amazing. So much good stuff, Crystal. Please tell us how can we connect with you? How can we find you? Well, I'm getting ready to launch YouTube here pretty soon. So I'm going to be putting out a whole bunch of free content, just talking about decluttering and designing a space you love, a business you love, a life you love. Just those are sort of the things I'm going to be covering. So definitely find me on YouTube. I'm going to be over there. And yeah, that's that's going to be the best place. I like to give a free gift to the audience when I come. Is Is that okay? Because my declutter your mindset method is my proprietary method of going through the decluttering process to get you started on creating all of those things, a space you love and a life you love. And you can download it at declutteryourmindset.com for free. Very nice. Now, one last piece of advice before we go. The entrepreneurs, how do we declutter our business? One piece of advice. Stop doing the things that you are not qualified to do. Bam. There's a lot of things that you are not qualified <laughs> to do. Stop doing them. <laughs> right. Right. Delegate. <laughs> That's the jam right there. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is right on. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your honesty. And again, thank you for sharing your presence and your love with us this morning. We feel it all the way from here. We appreciate you, Crystal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It has been such a pleasure to be here this morning. Awesome. All right, morning enthusiasts, that's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.